Winnipeg fans, the Jets had a very strong game against the Detroit Red Wings, but thanks to a number of critical mistakes and some less than stellar goaltending, unfortunately, the Jets fell 7-5 to the Detroit Red Wings. It wasn't a game in which you would normally be accustomed to being upset about. You know, some stuff happened with some of the officiating and some poor luck and bad decisions, but we'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, like I said, we're going to dive into Winnipeg versus Detroit, which was a stranger game for the Jets, uh, one in which they dominated their opponents. But unfortunately, you know, some deflections, uh, a few missed save opportunities from Hellebuck, where normally, you know, his Vesna form, he probably makes one or two extra saves. And, um, you know, just some really frustrating defensive lapses ultimately cost the Jets despite a pretty good 5v5 effort. So let's start off with Hellebuck, right? I, I can't really say that this game was necessarily his fault. Uh, I, I do think that there were maybe a couple of scoring opportunities that, you know, ordinarily Helly would probably have a, a miraculous save or something on. I, I think this was one of those games where just some of the deflections, some of the traffic, and a, a few of the shot types that you know normally don't give him much trouble, he ended up struggling with. Even on some of the save opportunities he did make, he he didn't look, I don't know, 100% confident in some of the tracking, in some of the reads. So just a strange night for him, but uh, he is allowed to have these nights every now and then. Uh, past couple of games, we've we've seen him maybe surrender a few more than he probably would feel comfortable with, but it's just the business, right? Stuff happens like that. You know, he, he surrendered, what, six goals? And let's be honest, if Riddick had been had been brought in, I'm sure, uh, you know, he'd be struggling with some of the same shot types and stuff and some poor defensive reads from his, his line mates and stuff. Uh, unfortunately, those defensive errors were turnovers, uh, some, some busted, I guess, zone coverages and man-to-man coverages, uh, a number of just missed reads here and there where, you know, suddenly a, a Jets forward who was supposed to be actively marking a, an opposing skater ended up just kind of letting them find a, a great deflection angle or somewhere close in that Hellebuck could not, you know, cover himself. And, and suddenly the Jets are, are really fighting an uphill battle. And it started almost from puck drop. I mean, you know, the first minute or two, uh, Detroit gets on the board very early. Winnipeg kind of looks like it's skating in a little bit of quicksand for a little bit. And, you know, just like that, it's just a frustrating start to the game. It's not how you would want things to go. And of course, Andrew Kopp would have just had to have a couple of assists in this game. And, you know, despite that, you know, I, I say all of this, but Winnipeg actually had some pretty big pushback, you know, for a team that went down three nothing within 15 minutes of the first period. 
the Jets actually fought really hard and came really close to uh, actually coming back and tying this game. Unfortunately, it just really wasn't meant to be. Um, and, and it's one of those, you know, odd games, right? Because the Jets offensively were pretty dominant. They were uh, getting into the slot. They had some really dangerous deflections. The area in front of Villihuso was highly contested, and the Jets often had great shifts where they were creating tons of waves of pressure, attacking from the perimeter down towards the slot, and generally making life very dangerous for uh, the Red Wings. But that that last extra pass, maybe that missed uh, save opportunity, uh, you know, for, for Villy, he was always just kind of vacuuming the puck up, seemingly finding it when, you know, maybe Hellebuck had missed uh, a shot attempt of a similar nature at the other end. Just kind of one of those games that's really odd. And I think one of the biggest annoyances was that, you know, the officials basically didn't call any penalties against the Red Wings for about half the game or so. And by the time they found their their whistles and everything, they had already called a couple of penalties against the Jets, despite the fact that Detroit had like two or three clear penalties by it then, not even things that were really debatable. They were just clear infractions that somehow the refs, I don't know if they just missed it or what, but either way, you know, it's kind of crying over spilled milk at this point. You can't undo the past, but I think, you know, on top of, of some of the sketchy, you know, sketchier issues the Jets were facing with the goaltending, certainly not helpful when, you know, your power play, which is kind of your bread and butter, isn't uh, actually on the ice for almost the entire outing. So um, frustrating all around, I think, would be the best way to describe this game. I don't think Bones will be happy with the first period effort, but the second period and onwards uh, really can't have too many quibbles. I will say that some of the you know usual suspects in terms of struggles with defending were noticeable. Pionk had a number of issues, one of which directly led to a two-on-one uh, that turned into a goal against. DeMello did not look like himself at all. It, it you know he kind of seemed very static. Um, wasn't playing nearly as much as he usually does. So there could be something going on with him. Maybe he's ill or uh, injured in some capacity. Heinola was slated to get into this game, but unfortunately could not due to illness. So Sandberg had to take his place, uh, but, you know, it's just a, a weird game, and I think this is one of those where I'm not really upset at the effort or anything like that. It's more like, you know, hockey's just being a, a bit of a cruel sport, and the Jets have often goalied opponents and, and ended up winning despite playing poorly. This was not that kind of thing, right? It was a bit of a high-scoring affair, a bit fluky, kind of last-shot wins, and the Jets just fell short in what was for some reason a bit of a thriller. Uh, it came down to like the last couple of minutes of the game. Ehlers was doing so much to try and claw back into this one, had a monster evening, but you know, just could not find that last little bit and ended up turning it over in, in the neutral zone, creates a rush the other way and Detroit polishes the game off. So a really tough seven to five loss, but it, it is what it is. I don't think it's something that um, I'm necessarily going to dwell too long on. Uh, hopefully, Helly finds his groove again and is back to his usual Vezina winning self. It will be important as the Jets are are going to be having a pretty difficult road trip coming up over the next few days. But uh, in just a little bit, we'll talk about kind of Winnipeg's next two opponents and what could potentially happen against these teams and how some of the new Jets, I, I guess, healthy returning get returnees are looking. Uh, you know, whether it's Perfetti or Wheeler or Schmidt. We'll go through all of the names and see how they have performed so far and also talk about maybe some uh, interesting longer term things to keep an eye on for the Jets as they start to get into the second half of the season. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. 
BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season, whether you're looking to get the latest odds and trends for amateur or professional sports. They've got everything from pro football to college football, basketball, NCAA, and professional as well. And they've also got the cure to your post-World Cup hangover, featuring a return to all the domestic, European, and uh, international football action you can handle. I'm personally a big Bundesliga fan, so this is a very exciting time for me. And if you also want a little bit more sports media coverage, they've got great podcasts and news articles for you to dive into, so you'll always stay uh, connected 24-7 to your favorite sport. Getting started really couldn't be easier. Just register for a free account right now at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are just uh, wrapping up some thoughts on you know, how the Jets have been doing over the past couple of games and how Winnipeg's recently returned players are doing. We'll start off with Blake Wheeler. Obviously, Wheeler has been uh, one of the the steadfast members of this team for many years. I think the game against the Red Wings was probably the first where he did look like he was starting to feel a little bit healthier. But you notice even with uh, the, the recovery timeline from a ruptured testicle, which is just sounds horrifying, if I'm being honest, uh, I, I don't even know how he's come back to play in some of these games, but uh, this one, he started to look, look a little more comfortable. He had a few more end-to-end rushes. There was more space for him to work with. He was more confident and assertive, which is really good. Uh, obviously, he's playing alongside Profetti and, and Shifley uh, on a number of shifts, and so that line I thought was really buzzing against the wings, and it's good to see Wheeler getting back up to speed because, you know, He's not going to be a guy who really drives play as much these days. And, you know, certainly in terms of like his skating ability, you have seen it decline with, you know, the injuries that he's had and age kind of setting in, but he still can be a very good passer. And as long as he's not being asked to be, you know, the full transition guy, I think he'll be a capable scorer, you know, going forward for the rest of the season. It's just taken a couple of games for him to get that, you know, get those skating legs back. And honestly, he may not be 100% for the rest of the season. I don't really know what that sort of situation is like with a ruptured testicle. He's not the first person to go through it, but I'm sure it is extraordinarily painful. And even now, I I wonder if he is feeling 100% with his locomotion and lower body movement. So uh, hoping the best for his recovery. It was a really tough injury. Honestly, I was shocked that he came back to play uh, in the game that he did get injured because Yeah, he probably should not have been out there if we're being honest, but that dude is a warrior and continues to uh, really try and put all, you know, put everything out on there uh, on the ice for his team. So hopefully that ends up giving him some really good scoring at the end of the season and uh, some nice internal recognition. Now, speaking of one of his line mates, Cole Perfetti. I thought Perfetti looked really bright against the Red Wings. I thought he had really good passes. He had a direct assist on a great goal. Um, I think that was the Schmidt goal, which was uh, obviously a really big turning point close to the end of the game, a major opportunity for the Jets to try and claw back into the game. But in general, you know, I thought Perfetti was just bright. He had some great feeds. I think his movement looked a lot more, I would say, Cole Perfetti-ish. You know, you you understand what I mean, right? His offensive zone cycles look sharper. I thought his skating looked more active. Um, First couple of games hadn't really seen a lot of involvement from him. This game, though, he definitely was really stamping his identity, and I thought he looked fantastic on a number of shifts. Got some really good, da- you know, really good and dangerous opportunities off. Put his line mates in good positions to score. Just couldn't always hit pay dirt when you would hope so. So uh, nice to see him back to strength. Nate Schmidt, I, I think, has been doing okay so far. Uh, this probably hasn't been 
you know, the, the best run of form he's had, but obviously scoring a goal really important for him. I'm sure he wants that confidence boost back. It, I think it's going to be a little bit of a slower process with him. He doesn't seem a hundred percent. And, you know, when your starting point is kind of like being a, a solid, you know, maybe second pairing defender, right? Any sort of impediment to your, you know, movement and your, your playing ability could have a pretty detrimental impact, but I think Schmidt's been relatively fine enough, not really seeing a lot that would be alarming and, uh, you know, not really seeing a lot that would be like super shocking with, you know, how impressive he's been either. So just kind of so-so, I think, but, you know, maybe this goal will give him a little bit more confidence and uh, that extra boost to, to really take his game to the next level. I will say the one guy I think that has really kind of blown the doors off with his performance has been Ehlers. I've been really surprised to see how fast and how good he looks. Uh, I don't know if his speed is at you know at the top top level yet, but in terms of where I thought he might be post uh, hernia surgery recovery and where he actually is right now, he looks like he really hasn't lost much of a step at all. He's been brilliant. He's been dangerous. Immediately since coming back, he's been one of Winnipeg's most dangerous skaters, and he's already racking up points. So it really is a shame that that hernia sidelined him for as long as it did. It feels like he could be one of the leading candidates for the Jets MVPs if he had been healthy, but unfortunately, we just weren't blessed with that this season, and somehow the team still per- persevered and had a, a wonderful run even without him. So glad Ehlers is back. He looks like he's doing exactly what we all wanted him and expected him to, uh, so that <laughs> certainly feels pretty good. I do think that there is one more player worth spotlighting who's not somebody who has been injured recently but had a monster game uh, against Detroit. And that's Pierre-Luc Dubois. Kind of like Ehlers, he's been tearing it up recently. But this game against the Red Wings in particular, I thought he was almost unstoppable. I mean, the way that he was cutting through defenders, attacking the slot, setting up great opportunities, all of that for me was impressive to see. You know, he he is a guy that I think if he leaves, it's going to be really, really, really hard to replace his impact. I know that people have maybe been down on Dubois at times because of his reputation and certainly the fact that he has mentioned, you know, maybe wanting to go to, go to Montreal at some point and, and become a hab. I don't know if his feelings are still in that direction, but at this point, the ball is in his court. All we can hope for is that if he does leave, that the Jets get a really big trade package for him, which based on how he's playing, I, I would imagine it'd be worth uh, the price of admission. He's just shredding through opponents. And I think this game against the Red Wings really demonstrated just how much of a monster he can be when he's on form, when he's confident, and he is uh, doing his thing. So huge game from Dubois. I, I think he probably deserved more points than he had. But, you know, hopefully that that form and that ability to just create consistently carries on through the rest of the season. Now, speaking of the rest of the season, I, I do want to talk about a couple of ongoing storylines that I think are probably worth keeping an eye on for the rest of the year as the Jets enter the second half of their regular season. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are just closing out real quick with some final thoughts uh, as the Jets are starting to get towards uh, game number 40 and getting you know past the halfway point of the season. Obviously, the Jets right now have a pretty darn good record. Uh, through 41 games, actually just about the midway point, they are 26-14-1, which is really, really impressive considering the number of injuries and sicknesses that they've had to deal with. Uh, you know, like the Central Division may not be the best, right, but it's still a pretty 
decent, you know, division, pretty decent competition. Certainly the Western Conference in general this year is reasonably competitive. The top teams are really good. Uh, even though the bottom teams might be a little bit weaker than some of the squads out east, still some tough competition to get through. And I think the Jets have done a really good job of navigating a lot of it. Uh, as for the second half of the season, I guess the main thing for the Jets is, you know, what does Hellebuck look like? Usually Hellebuck has a wonderful regular season, and then the playoffs can be a little bit topsy-turvy for him. This year, I'm hoping that he's able to carry his momentum through into the playoffs, you know, that fatigue doesn't set in, and that he is capable of, of carrying the Jets through. Because while Winnipeg has improved a lot, that defense is probably not going to change a ton heading into the offs or heading into the playoffs. Uh, so given that, you know, Hellebuck is going to have to remain sharp. He'll probably have to steal a few more games for the jets along the way. And I think he's totally capable of that. I would expect it to happen, but you never know. Goalie uh, performance is always volatile more so year over year, but sometimes for some goalies, it can be a game by game affair. So let's hope that his safe percentage uh, continues to rise and that he has a good second half because as he goes, sometimes so does the Jets. As far as the other uh, players are concerned, I think I, I really want to see what Ehlers looks like over the next few months. He's had a really good start, so I'm expecting a monster season from him, even with you know the 25 or 30 games uh, that he's missed. Actually, a little more like 35 or 36 games, just about um, basically most of the the first half of the season. So I, I think having him back is great. I think he'll have a really big second half. And I think he really boosts this Jets top nine, which is still looking for one piece or two. Uh, and I think that is one of the the other major points is who do the Jets acquire? Because as it is right now, Winnipeg is in a really good spot. I think the Jets have a, a very strong foundation to build off of. And if they add one or two pieces, it pushes them into like really dangerous contender territory. I think this team is already uh, a bit of a fun shot as it is. It's just adding that extra piece, whether it's a Horvat, a Kuzmenko, a Garland, or uh, maybe a Manta, Timo Meyer, if we're dreaming. One of those players could really push this squad for the season or next into uh, a really superstar roster. I think even with what the team has now, it's still pretty darn good, but you could always improve on the depth, right? You know, maybe an Ilya Mikhaev would be good. Uh, there's certainly Matthew Joseph still out there with the Suns. Uh, a number of options that I think the Jets really could explore in that trade window could also change how the defense looks. I think it's something that Winnipeg is likely to uh, swap a D out for a forward in that situation, which would open the door for maybe somebody like Billy Heinola to get more regular time. Uh, while he does have a timeshare with Sandberg, I think just long term, it's much better if Heinola is playing his, his skill sets and what he can do on the ice for the Jets. And, you know, Winnipeg, as of right now, doesn't have enough of. So that would be really big to see. I think the last thing I'm curious to know is just what bonus continues to do with this team. So far, he's got the squad playing at a pretty acceptable level, you know, really good squad. The Jets are are one of the top 15 or maybe even top 12 NHL teams right now. They've been as high as what, like sixth or seventh this season. So uh, just fantastic to see, uh, you know, that's that's territory that's held by teams like New Jersey and the Devils had one of the hottest starts. Did cool off a little bit for a while, but still played really strong hockey. So, yeah, I mean, this is impressive company to be with, especially considering the Jets are, are not nearly as deep as some of their uh, local colleague teams. But overall, really good season, and I'm excited to see what the next 41 games or so hold for Winnipeg. 
let me know what you think of the first half of the season and, and what you think maybe the biggest narratives for the second half should be. Who do you want to focus on? What opponents are you really looking forward to seeing? And where do you think the Jets will finish? Drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day. And uh, as always, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But for tonight, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks again, and go Jets go.